Nadine Abramczak, Adair Ilyansky, and Jacqueline Ferber are the co-founders of 10 Over 10, a modern chain of nail salons and now a curated range of hand and foot care essentials. Today, I sit down with Nadine and Adair to discuss their journey and their plans on expanding their business. So stay tuned. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guests for today, Nadine and Adair. Co-founders of 10 Over 10, Nadine, Adair and Jacqueline are on a mission to make luxury nail care more functional, accessible and elevated. They call it conscious beauty and it's at the heart of everything they do. They opened their flagship Tribeca salon over 10 years ago with a commitment to less is more in a non-toxic environment. Today, as a leader in natural nail care, 10 over 10 is scaling their business with a focus on D2C growth, offering a wider range of products and introducing a new brand identity. With Nadine's experience as a publicist at Time Magazine, Adair's former role as a financial analyst at Coach and Jacqueline's background in fashion production, 10 over 10 was created with a broad experience of industry know-how. So I'm so excited to be sitting down with the masterminds that are Nadine and Adair. And thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having us. We certainly couldn't have said it better ourselves. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so I'm, 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 I ask my guests all the same questions and I'm going to ask you guys the same. So I'll start with Nadine and it is who in a nutshell is Nadine? So I would say Nadine is someone who loves to engage in life fully and wholly. I feel my best when I'm operating from a place of real consciousness where I'm connected to my consciousness. And I always feel like when I am connected to that part of myself, the way I approach things is just feels very natural. Um, one thing, my mantra is really to be present in everything I do. And when I'm consistently thinking that one time I heard Oprah describe how she thinks about how she's walking up the stairs and every step is a is a conscious step of this is what I'm doing now. I'm breathing now. I'm stepping. And when I really connect to that part of being present in the moment, um, no matter what I'm doing, it really feels at the core and essence of who I am. I love that. Such a beautiful answer. Thank you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. And Adair, who in a nutshell is Adair? I think I am sort of a business junkie. I love to talk about business, small business. I'm a founder's founder, so I love to connect with other founders. There's nothing more I like than to hear about other people's businesses or business ideas and chat about it. I get kind of like a giddy high from that. Um, I think I'm also an eternal optimist, which certainly helps when you own a business. Um, I, I always look at 
every challenge is an opportunity. COVID obviously definitely was the ultimate challenge. I'm not sure that that I'd expected one that big, but I love kind of getting scrappy and trying to figure things out um, that at first seem really intimidating. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that both of you had very different answers, but at the same time, very cohesive answers, which I know lends for a great co-foundery um, team. But I do want to ask, because I know um, Jacqueline's not with us today, um, she's a bit poorly, but I do want to ask to you, Nadine, how is it like to be working with your sister? Because as you know, Fable & Main is a sibling-founded brand, so I've got to know the gossip. You can tell whatever it is, she's not listening in right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, she's not here. This is my time. Exactly. You know, it's, it's funny. We come from a family um, where our grandparents work together on both sides. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic where my grandfather on my mom's side, our grandfather on my mom's side lived in London and owned a restaurant company with his brothers. And then on my father's side, his father owned a textile factory with his brothers. And when my sister and I were growing up, our father said to us, never work with your sibling. It's a terrible idea because there were large rifts in the family because of these old family businesses. And then, you know, I think when we told him we were going to be working together, he's like, oh, he's like, I, I'm happy for you, but I'm also terrified for you. <laughs> and I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, Jacqueline and I have such a close relationship. We're only 18 months apart and we grew up sharing a bedroom. So we really have, you know, such an intimate sibling relationship, but obviously, Throughout the years, there's moments in life where you sort of veer apart and veer together. And when we started the business, our lives have sort of taken us into different cities. And so it really was a connector to bring us back together. She lives in LA. I live in New York. Um, I think that helps the working relationship that we're not in the same place in some ways, if I'm brutally honest. Um, but it's also, we also have to remind ourselves because we are so engaged in our business you know, there have been times when I'm like, hey, Jacqueline, like, I just want this to be about like our personal lives. Like, let's have a conversation about our kids and whatever. And so for the first couple of years, like working through that dynamic of not only talking about work and remembering to prioritize our sibling relationship and our friendship first um, yes. was kind of tricky. It's been, you know, a decade now that we've been working together. And I truly, I mean, Adair feels like a sister as well, but I truly couldn't yeah. think of a better trio of partners. And I think, if there ever has been a sibling moment or a blip, Adair really toes the line of helping us come back together as well. Oh, I love, I mean, Adair, I have to ask you now, um, again, how is it like working with two siblings, with, with a sister duo? And what would you say is some of the blessings, I guess, I, I like to say, always stay on the positive side of having, uh, you know, the co-founders that are, you know, on the same wavelength and upbringing and page, because it does help sometimes with certain um, decision-making, et cetera. I think that's so true. It helps. I mean, Jacqueline and Nadine have an older brother. I happen to be the oldest of three myself. So maybe I also, maybe there's some like sort of sibling dynamic that I fit right into that helps. Um, you know, it's funny because I, it, the sibling dynamic doesn't really play as large of a role as I would think. I think probably because I've known them for so long, it really does feel like we're all three just such close friends and family. Um, I think the point that Nadine made that's such a good one is that sometimes you have to really nurture the friendship part of the mm -hmm. relationship because We've become so close, obviously, as you know, when you're business partners, it's all the same kind of things, issues that come up, that come up in families, money, division of labor, all that. So I think that the nice thing is we've like traversed the line that we're so close that we're a family. There's nothing we can't discuss, but also like remembering to just take time to, you know, have a drink or go shopping or have those fun things. Um, I, I love it. I don't know. It just works. I think sometimes you get lucky and the dynamic works really well. I'm curious to 
here if Nadine agrees, but I think I'm also kind of like a mix of Nadine and Jacqueline's yeah. vibes. Um, so I'm sort of, yeah, I think a good like counterpoint to the two of them. And we all have really disparate skill sets and none of us want to do what the other ones do, which obviously I'm sure as you know, comes in really handy. Like sometimes people ask, how do we, you know, really divide the workflow? How do we know when something comes up, which person will handle that? And it just like happens very organically. Obviously part of that is just experience from working together, but we just like know who's the person that's supposed to deal with that. Love that. That's so true. And I think I already kind of sense it just in this initial couple of minutes but I would say you guys are a sister you know you guys are whether it's blood or not I really feel this trio of sisters here um so in a way you also you know that is that common threshold and that common mindset is what is so important when you're having multiple founders because uh there are some businesses that can really thrive by having, you know, different amount of like couple of leaders, but some, it could be the fall of it. And I think it's so important to make sure everyone's on the same page from day one and giving each other the space and remit. And sometimes, as you said um, before, Nadine, sometimes being in different countries can help. I, I, my sister was one day, she was like, we, we should move in together. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's Ooh. definitely not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I work with you, that's enough. Um, yeah. So um, you have to put those healthy boundaries sometimes and it can lead further in the fruitful um the growth but so i would love to know a little bit first how 10 over 10 came to be um who was the initial um i guess you could say creator of the name and where did the inspiration come from and i believe it was initially a nail salon in 2010 so i was working in fashion in new york um and adair was working at coach in fashion and finance and we were both sort of in the grind of our jobs and we would meet to go get manicures and the experience always left us sort of wanting for more. We lived in this fabulous city downtown in New York City where every restaurant was so thoughtful with the ambiance to the food, every gym space, every and then you'd go to the nail salon and it was sort of things patched together seemingly, but there was one on literally every single block. Um, and it was, you know, a time when you're, we were sort of like our first jobs out of college and you know, we were using our disposable income for this experience. And it was sort of like a, an attainable luxury. We weren't going to get massages weekly, but we were going to get our nails done. And it was a $20 manicure and it made us feel good. But the experience always left us wanting more. So on literally, we went to Houston's one night for dinner. We had, I had dragged Adair to another fashion show and we wrote on the back of a like piece of paper at this restaurant, what are the things we would change from, you know, nice, you know, uniforms to a pretty bathroom to storing someone's color preferences online to having iPads at the stations instead of dirty manicures and like all, uh, sorry, magazines, all these different things that we would do to elevate the manicure experience for a neighborhood nail salon. And that was really the origination of the 10 over 10 idea. When we named it 10 over 10, um, and it's so funny because people still call this salon and they're like, is this 10 over 10? And we're like, no, it's 10 over 10. <laughs> but it was really 10 fingers over 10 toes. And we ah, took that. So yes. <laughs> and we took that to like a totally other level. And our hours were 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And every phone number we've ever had for our six salons ended in a 1010 at the end of the number. So we love not easy to do, by the way. That's crazy. That takes a lot of calls to the utility company. I can imagine. Um, and then quickly, while we were built, we built the first salon in our neighborhood where we both lived. We really wanted it to be something that we used, that we felt the need for, that our friends and community members would use. And it was in Tribeca and, you know, it was a beautiful second floor space. And as we were building it and thinking about, you know, I was pregnant at the time and we started really thinking about the cleanliness of beauty. It wasn't the, the mission of safer, non-toxic nail wasn't the original mission. It was some, sort of something that came to us as we were building the first salon. 
because we were so careful about the cleaning products we used in our houses. And then we were like, wait, but the beauty products we're using on ourselves, because if you have a newborn baby and they're always touching you and in your drawers and whatever. And so it sort of became this very natural thing for Adair and I to really lead with a mission of clean as we were opening the salon. So all the products that we used in the services you know, we're, we're clean products. Um, and then that eventually led to us starting our own line because we felt frustrated that we couldn't find products that were clean enough to use in a service in a back bar setting in a salon. And so we sort of started with retail first with color also. And, you know, I think this, you hear this a lot from other founders and I listened to your beautiful podcast with the herbivore founder, but him saying, you know, back then it was like the product, the packaging was a little grungy and like you couldn't really buy elevated clean beauty. I mean, 11 years ago, you couldn't find a clean nail brand that was like chic looking and elegant. We, we and weren't even using so the word clean, clean, I don't think. It just no, was. I don't think we were so. probably saying healthier, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know, so for us, it was aesthetics because we enjoy, you know, minimalist, simple, simple, but beautiful things. Why not surround yourself with beautiful things, but also things that are better for you. And also in a world where, you know, we're all so busy, let's take the thinking away from this experience for the customer and let them just come in and enjoy themselves. Uh, Adair, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, just that Nadine and I, when we first started getting our nails done together, you know, going back to the kind of business junkie part of it I think we loved for some reason just sitting there being like wouldn't it be so much nicer if they wore uniforms or we we truly were not thinking like we should open a nail salon I think we probably do the same wherever we go you know at a restaurant like why isn't the bathroom a little bit nicer at this beautiful restaurant or um so I think it really was born just out of the enjoyment of kind of ideating around elevating an experience um and you know neither of us were really burned out in our current jobs I actually loved my job and was so scared to tell my boss that I was leaving to open a nail salon because I knew she would say what what I knew my parents would say that too um but we were so compelled by the idea like we truly never thought twice about it I think Part of that is youth. Obviously, the stakes are a lot higher the older you get. Um, So we had that. We weren't, you know, Nadine, I think, was just married and I wasn't even married yet. So we it was sort of a nothing to lose. And then the other thing is that ignorance really is bliss. I think if you knew what you would need to know when you start out on the route route to opening a business, you probably would never get started. So, So you know, we, we just like plunged in and I remember some of the memories I have are so funny when we were hiring for nail technicians arc, we were behind our construction was behind, but we knew that, you know, it would open pretty soon. So we had a job fair on the sidewalk in Tribeca, we just set up a table and invited or, you know, posted it on like Craigslist, I think was what we did at the time for nail technicians. And we met them at a table and interviewed them on the street of New York City, which like truly to me seems unfathomable now and like also so amateur hour like what (laughs) um but some of our technicians who we still have 11 years later we met on the sidewalk Um, I love it. It was so, you know, it was kind of just that, like, scrappy, you know, it just seemed so kind of easy at the time. Now we hem and haw over decisions in a way because, again, it's sort of like the the stakes are higher, but then we had nothing to lose. It's so true. (laughs) I'll never forget that. I I I love the fact that, you know, the ignorant is bliss is such an important thing to remember a little bit when it comes to building a brand is you will not have all the ingredients ready. And it does, it is that sort of like first time making something right. Like in the kitchen, it's not going to be perfect, but the more you build it, the more you work on it, the more it all comes into place. And a lot of my friends or people I meet that are, curious and I think that that kind of very like I guess you could say ambitious curiosity of like I'm thinking about doing this I probably would you know go 
properly and you know put in money and find raise money and go down this like rabbit hole of building a brand not necessarily something that I'm like needing to do or it's risky to do because I have a corporate job and for me it was the same thing I mean I never thought I would be you know building shampoos and conditioners when I was still four <laughs> years of engineering um, but that is, I'm sure your you parents know. also no, they're absolutely, they're absolutely like, what is, uh, especially with my sister, we're the most opposite people. Um, and uh, in a way, they never thought we would, you know, work together and build a, a brand. But at the same time, that that kind of like initial conversation of like, yeah, there's a gap. I think we could do it. We definitely have this story. We have this culture. Um, and then just going step by step it was actually like us blindly just like messaging Sephora and being like hey like on LinkedIn like uh, one of the merchants like would you be interested in this kind of brand yeah without even a sample or anything and then that initial once you have those few quick I guess you could say wins or interests you're kind of a bit further down you're like well do I go out of it or do I continue going down this rabbit hole and you're like no let's go down this more and then you start making mistakes but you also make successes and you you just it's an incredible journey so I completely think, you know, it's so important to be transparent, which you guys are, about how you started it. Because for sure, seeing it on the outside, you would never have imagined, right? But it's important to know it's okay to do some of those scrappy um, and I guess you could say out of the box ways of just going into it head first. You know, you gain so much confidence from figuring things out. Like now I know, you know and I've listened to a number of your podcasts as well. And you know, there's always the common theme of founders having to do things that like you, we really have no experience, training, education, you know, a lot of it for us has to do with HR and legal and all that stuff. But you really feel so um, empowered to figure things out. Um, And that's, that's such a great life lesson. In general, it's like, there is so much kind of smoke and mirrors where you think, oh, wow, that person must be so smart because they did X, Y, or Z. But I think so much of it is really just like, as you said, one foot in front of the other, taking one step, just kind of figuring it out, figuring out who you can ask. We still do it all the time, every day. Yeah. And I think, I think just realizing that the journey you're on is so unique, right? Um, Something that Adair does such a good job of reminding me about is, we were really the first player in a clean nail salon. We were the first of its kind and innovative in that space. And thankfully our industry has come a long way in the past decade. And there are a lot more, you know, better for you nail products, but more than anything, they're better for you nail salons popping up all over the United States and abroad. And, you know, as that happens, it sort of puts you on tilt a little bit. You're like, oh, like what? Okay, now what's our point of differentiation? What makes us unique? And something that I think speaks to your story with your sister and our story is that, you know, it really comes from an authentic place. We founded this brand out of a need. And historically, nail salons were founded by typically manicurists, right? People in the industry we opened it through the consumer lens, right? We were like, as consumers, what do you want from a nail salon? We weren't trained technicians. We lean on incredible professionals that we have working there, but we really, we are women who have it in need and we sought out that need and tried to fill the void for it and created this space for a non-toxic experience um, and a better, safer place for employees to work as well. Same with you, like you're the family history or cultural history, bringing that to your brand is so important and it's authentic. We're not a private equity company saying, hey, there is a gap in the nail salon industry and it's a $41 billion industry and we're going to poke our heads into it. And it's important to remember that your evolution and being flexible, like, you know, our business has changed a lot, especially in the past three years, as all of ours have. But, you know, just having that flexibility and not being so like, you know, it, it's not out of a business need. It's out of a personal desire and passion to to create shift and change in an industry that historically has been bad. And our story is very authentic. Um, and it feels good to always have that to rest on, despite the changes in the industry. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I think it's super important to understand, like when you have an authentic, um, I guess you could say, source of creation, whether it's um, as if from the consumer lens or your heritage or your culture or all of them combined, 
it does lend to an abundant source of, I guess, inspiration and integrity. And it really does what separates you from those, I will call them boardroom meeting brands, right? Which is coming from statistics and money and private equity. And there is a place for them, sure. But um, they're not the ones I not really want to focus kidding. on. <laughs> exactly. There are space, but not in my, in my, in my window. Um, but yeah, that, that's, and that's exactly, I think, where um, I'm so excited about hearing your, your journey. But you've touched on it, how, you know, you definitely, as a business, as founders, need to adapt to things a in our personal lives, but also in our external lives that we can't control. And the pandemic has been, I guess, a big example of this. So I would love... Um, uh, again, Nadine or um, Adele, one of you to, or both of you to explain a little bit how the brand evolved from the salons into products um, and how the pandemic perhaps shaped that as well. So basically, you know, we had six salons pre-pandemic and they all came to a screeching halt. Um, we made the decision to actually close before New York City even closed because we felt, you know, we wanted to put the health and safety of our employees first. And it was a really, really difficult decision. Anyway, managing that, having sort of the quiet and solitude of having those salons closed, we really had the space to sort of look at our consumer products company um, a little more closely. We always had products on the back burner that we wanted to make um, because as I mentioned before, like the cuticle oil or things in service that we're giving every day, and we're giving hundreds of services a day, it's not the formulation of it was never as good as we wanted it to be, as safe for people as we wanted it to be. So how do we go through all the different things that are being used on a person in a pedicure and manicure and make them what we really think is what people deserve to have being used in their services? Um, but we never had the time to do it. We never had the time to develop the formulas and the products. So we took the time when the salons were closed to really sit back and um, decide, okay, which products do we want to put out there? Um, and we really use that time to develop more treatment products. Um, we're really known for our hand treatment products and we've gotten into foot care now as well. Um, tools. We have a wide range of tools that we um, develop in Germany that are anti naturally antibacterial so they're safer for you. We have soft tools as well, um, really with a sustainability lens on it as well. Um, you know, something that obviously we all, any conscious consumer products company today should be thinking about this and their packaging, um, but we hadn't really seen it really evolving in the nail space. So really pushing the envelope with, with regard to sustainability. And so, you know, for us, it was something that we'd always thought about, but the pandemic forced us forward faster. Um, we had previous to the pandemic had had a fabulous relationship and still have a fabulous relationship with Target. So we're sold in 865 Target doors. So that certainly helped us um, have sort of the confidence and sort of test consumer out there to know that there was an appetite for what we were trying to build. And I don't think without knowing that we might have jumped in so headfirst and, you know, so confidently and be like, okay, we're going to launch 30 new products. <laughs> um, it was quite bold. Um, we also worked with an incredible um, agency out of LA called The Outset who really helped us with a rebrand. When we first started, we sort of didn't even have a branding agency in full. We had a freelancer who was incredible, but, you know, we were like, let's try six nail colors and see how it does. And never, you know, one thing comes quickly and you never really have a minute to say, are we proud of this brand? Are we proud of the way it looks and feels? So we also did the exercise of spending the year really rebranding and redoing all of our packaging, our website, the look and feel, the storytelling that we'd never really told before. Um, but I, you know, I really think, you know, COVID was horrible for so many people in so many ways, but the silver lining was for 10 over 10. It gave us a clean slate to really look at what we wanted to do and how our mission is to have clean nail accessible to as many people as possible. And Target helps us do that as a retail partner. Um, and because we had that learn it, the learnings from that relationship, we were able to really buoy that into and parlay it into like a bigger vision for the brand. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. And and I think it's so important to, when you have some, some time apart or some change, to really take that step back. I kind of like, you know, when you're painting a painting, like there are some rare moments sometimes when building a brand that we're such go mode, tunnel vision mode, we forget the importance of taking a moment to just reassess and sometimes pivot and sometimes just remember that we can be agile no matter what. It's just a decision-making from, I guess, top down. Um, and I think what you guys have done, um, despite how terrible the pandemic was or you know the situation, potentially was a blessing in disguise for the brand because honestly, the branding, A, I will say this very openly, it's one of the best brandings I've seen of a brand I've, I've had in my podcast. It's stunning, the logo and... Um, the packaging and Thanks. I can really see that uh, a lot of hard work went in. So kudos to you guys and your agency because really amazing stuff. You should be so proud. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means so much. I will say um, just kind of going piggybacking on what Nadine said about the pandemic. I think one of the mistakes we were probably making as business owners is that we had just spread ourselves too thin between different priorities. And I think it's a little unusual to be running um, a service business alongside a product business. Obviously, other people do it. But even though there are three of us, we really needed like 300 of us. Um, And so while the pandemic was so traumatic, I mean, obviously, laying off 160 employees, I will never fully recover from that. and it ha- unfolded so quickly as it did for everyone. And, you know, I think we're still processing it in some ways. Um, in a way, it forced us to prioritize. I think once you're on a moving train, it's very hard to be self-disciplined enough to say, okay, what are our priorities? And should we really be kind of putting all of our resources toward fewer priorities. I just, I don't think we would have ever been disciplined enough to kind of slow things down on our own. So again, going back to the silver lining, the pandemic kind of did it for us. And, you know, we really are grateful to that. And and so while it was a pivot, it also was kind of a present um, that we were given that, you know, we've just been able to kind of capitalize on what comes with i guess a business change and a product change also comes with i guess a principle change i know you you guys have very strong you have you have an authentic kind of i guess you could say creation but you have now really fostered that into a really i guess you could say authentic commitment and you guys have this the 10 commitments i believe can um maybe nadine you want to tell us about the 10 commitments yeah sure there are 10 principles that we really think about when you know we built the brand and rebranded um you know one of the things we talk about all the time is less is more we're not going to create a product just to create a product we really put the planet and people first um 
And that's one of our grounding principles, just as an example. Um, you know, we're not going to create a cuticle oil just to create it if it already exists. If we're improving upon it and it's innovative, we will put it out there. But we really are very conscious of our carbon footprint as people, as a company. Um, you know, we really, I, I think that our aesthetic really speaks to our approach too. Not that it's like totally minimalist, but it, it is all about sort of, you know, prioritizing and, you know, only creating what we need to create. Um, you know, I think that we've had, we have funny conversations where it's like, everyone's like, Oh, sample, you know, and in, in business and beauty of the business beauty, you have to sample products and we're just staunchly against it because it's waste and creating something that's a single use, you know, and we're sort of against things like that. So when we're making decisions like that, we constantly go back to those 10 principles, um, and are thinking about what is the core mission of this company. Um, but it's not always easy because sometimes you're pushed and pulled by retailers and, and different needs, um, as you know. And, you know, it's nice to have that as a guiding. I always say to myself, I'm going to print them and put them on my wall and just like constantly or on my mirror in my bathroom. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say like, tell me all 10 right now because I was you know what I was I was tempted but then I said you know I, I was going to be nice and I said you know what let me let, let me let me read them out because I think then um that that would be a fairer thing so I will read them out now for everyone so the 10 commitments are number one less is more number two people and the planet come first number three nail care is hand care and foot care and skin care number four healthy and effective aren't mutually exclusive Number five, delight is in the details. Number six, without losing sight of the big picture. Number seven, cruelty is never acceptable. Number eight, stay curious. Number nine, believe in better. And number 10, there is power in the perfect 10. And I love that. And I did memorize that. And no, I'm kidding. I, uh, I was just reading that. <laughs> no, I was reading that. Out. But um, yeah, I, I, love, I love that because it does, um, it just adds to the whole brand story as well. Like 10 is such an iconic number. And I love the way that you guys have done that. But also I didn't re realize it was 10 fingers, 10, well, 10 fingers, yeah. 10 toes. Um, so that's really cool. Um, but I, I do want to ask a bit because I know you guys do have, is it true you have one salon in New York still? We do, yep. So what, what can people experience there? We have our biggest salon reopened and that was a big part of the reason we ended up reopening that space it's a nice and big I think like 2600 square feet is that right Nadine in the financial district and our other salons were more kind of jewel boxes that were so much fun because they were always packed and social and people had a great time but obviously it didn't really lend itself to social distancing and this salon we can really safely socially distance our customers and our employees hopefully you know we're doing events again and and parties there and hopefully that'll continue but i think we've also learn that we kind of have to be, you know, able to kind of go back and forth and either expand staff or limit staff, expand our customer base, limit it. Um, you know, maybe it'll be a seasonal thing here in New York City. So we're lucky to have the space. We still love the salon. It's like our another child of ours. Um, and we really still kind of get off on all the ways that we try to elevate the customer service experience. Um, one of the things that I thought of related to your um, collaborate over competition is just that we love to offer a wide range of nail polish brands on our polish wall. We always hated when you would go to a nail salon and it would be like the salon's house brand and it was just so annoying and like boring. Um, and you would never wear just one clothing brand. So we love to have other polish brands offering offered to our customers. Um, some are luxury, some are indie brands, some are Black-owned uh, nail brands. So we really try to kind of lift all boats by, by having that selection at the salon. Um, and it's just a really warm, welcoming, wonderful place to be. We're there a lot. So... We love it. It's a little easier to, to be at one than it was to be at six. So 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's such a good shout out to that because it is, you know, having your own uh, nail care brand and, and basically saying I'm having our own salon, but I'm still going to showcase other nail brands um, and products. It's it's truly that collaboration of a competition. So love, love, love that. As you know, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also um, you know there was another amazing collaboration recently. Um, two of my friends, uh, Carol and, and Deepika, were also featured in this. And it was a Barbie style collection for Women's History Month. And you guys were chosen as part of that. That's super exciting. So tell us about it. Yes, it was like a little girl's dream come true in so many ways. Um, you know, I think it, it, we work with a fabulous PR company called Communite, and they really brought it to us. Um, they have a relationship with Mattel, and I think we're tapped to come up with the female-founded companies that would go into this. It was such a fun process, but the creative director at Mattel and Barbie Style, um, a man named Splatton, had been a customer of ours at our Culver City, Los Angeles location. And so he was a super fan of 10 over 10, which is so nice as we were Barbie style super fans. And he, you know, when our name was floated, he was excited about it. Um, And we, you know, we curated three colors. So there was like sort of a milkyish white, a, a Barbie gold glitter, and then a pale pink um, and we named them after LA streets and, you know, our, our regular line is named after New York city streets. And it was just, it's so fun. And it was, you know, a really, um, fun collaboration to do with other like-minded brands and Mattel was such a great partner, but it, you know, it, it's so collaborating and do we, we have done a lot of collaborations with amazing partners. Um, and each time they surprise us because they all take on sort of a life of their own and are so different. Um, but it, it's also a way to get to, because we are three founders and we work so closely, it also gives you sort of a nice opportunity to work with other people and other personalities and experience things differently. Um, so, you know, we always welcome, um, partnerships but that one like blew our minds we're like is this really happening until it launched we're like wow and our of course Adair and I have little girls too so it was really fun to share this with them so cool I I would have personally called one Nadine one Adair one Jacqueline but that's okay Uh, I love the the Roberts and Rodeo and Malibu right that's awesome yeah so cool um Oh, you should be super proud and it's such an when I we saw that rename them at some point. Yeah, I would rename them. You guys, you three are the badasses. You should you should be on the you should be you know, like, I guess who it's interesting who who would be the gold one and who you know, it'll be fun. But yeah, definitely um uh such an incredible collaboration and also I think we it's know good. who would be the gold one though, I think. Who would be the gold one? Who would be the gold one? Jacqueline, I think Jacqueline sure. right? Jacqueline Okay, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I think that Dare would definitely be the pink. Really, Dare would be pink. Yeah, I'd be the pink. Frank, yeah. who works on my team, was saying about before about uh, Jacqueline and um, Nadine, and how like one is like my sister, one is like me, and I'm like, I think I'm like Nadine, and I think Jacqueline's like my sister. I'm feeling this already, so uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to meet all all five of us together, yeah. and uh, it'll be so fun because yeah. uh, you guys are based um, where. Are you all different? You're all differently based in different states or in New York? Too? We're both in New York. Adair and I are in New York and Jacqueline is in LA. Well, also, we're very attached to New York, obviously, as Nadine Amazing. mentioned. Our polishes are named after New York City streets. And yeah. I think that's one kind of fun aspect to our brand, too, is we're really attached to. Um, our hometown where we founded our brand and I think people like that too about 10 over 10 is it's sort of like um like a you know insight into kind of New York City and and 100 percent all the amazing things that happen here I mean it's incredible it's like over 10 years ago in New York City 10 over 10 was created and now with the 10 commitments <laughs> and I can see it like a whole narration of it it's, it's a pretty cool um, so I, I do want to ask you know besides the change that definitely happened with the business during the pandemic as founders um, did you guys adopt personally and individually like um, some rituals and newly founded rituals for success that kept you grounded, motivated and focused? Um, So maybe Nadine, you can go first. Sure. Um, You know, I think for me, and I sort of touched on this with your very first question of, you know, asking who we are as individuals. 
um, this time in the past couple of years has really allowed me to plug into being more present in my life. Like I think I was just in such a go, go, go mode before. And I remember always thinking about self care, right? Like that was something in the wellness world that everybody talked about. I think we talk about it less now. And I think that's a good thing because to me, what I realized, it wasn't so much about like, how much am I doing? What are my rituals? What am I it was more about how am I being consistent with what I'm doing because consistency is what pays off. So, you know, I, you know, the way I'm approaching, whether it be business or personal life, I find that when I'm consistently doing something, whether it's taking my probiotic every day or making sure to write things down when I'm having a meeting and not just like going off of the notes in my mind, which can be, which can have holes in them. Um, but really consistency is key. So, you know, I do, I personally have a lot of um, rituals, but I've gotten rid of a lot of them too. And I, I find that um, I, I get a lot more pleasure out of my relationships more so than I ever have. And I prioritize that more so than ever. Whereas I'm someone who, for example, has always loved to exercise. I find it very mind clearing and you know, I used to take classes and run and whatever. And now my mode of exercise is tennis and it's so fulfilling to me. But part of the reason why it's so fulfilling is because it's very social and I get to connect with people who I care about. And so it's not, it has to be sort of multi-pronged and like using my time in a better way. I was someone who used to go to every event I was invited to. I never missed a party. (laughs) And now I'm very much about, you know what, like it's, more important to be home and have that sort of grounding time because it fills me in a way that lets me be a better sister, mom, friend, daughter, all those things. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've shifted in so many ways for sure. Oh, I love that. No. And when I come to New York, we're going to have to play tennis because I'm a huge tennis fan. So um, I can't wait. I'm not very good, but but I, I I'm okay. I'm not I'm not like maybe my friends are not so good, so I feel like I'm always winning. But in reality, <laughs> if you're good, I probably am not so good. So <laughs> I, I have to forewarn you on that. But I I find that I always am trying to find players that are way better than I am because I want to like get I'm like, that's how you get better. So I'm always losing. So between us we'll find a middle ground. Let's do that. Yeah, because I'm playing always every Sunday with my friend and always six zero and I'm like, hmm, I think there's a problem here. <laughs> I think I need to change partner. Um, but um, no, fully agree. And Adair, tell us about your rituals for success. I am not a ritual person. In my, I want to be a ritual person. And I, like, I think Nadine has like warm water and lemon in the morning. And I like in my mind, I'm going to always do that tomorrow. And I can never quite do it. Um, so I, I'm not a ritual person, but there are two things that I think are, are, have really helped me in my work and professional life. One is sleep. I know that it's kind of cliche, but I feel like every successful person that I like read about or who has a podcast really emphasizes sleep. And I used to be someone that would try to burn the candle on both ends. Um, and you know, would stay up really late doing work if I hadn't had a chance to do it that day because I had kids stuff. But I've realized that I'm just so much less productive the days following if I do that. And I just now kind of like set a bedtime and, and just force myself pencils down or book down or whatever. So that's been a big change for me because I, I kind of, I don't know, I get a little second wind at night and I want to keep going, but I, I'm much happier and more productive when I get enough sleep. And then also I have tried to the night before prioritize what I want to get done the next day, whether it's one thing or three things, I think I would really fall into the trap of just like starting, you know, start tackling my inbox in the morning and you could kind of spend all day responding to emails, but never feel like you actually got anything done. And 
now I'm sort of like, okay, what are the one to three things that I must do tomorrow? And I kind of just like focus on those, get them done. You get the sense of accomplishment of finishing those things. And then if there's time for other things, obviously tackle other things. But it's really helped me because I think I could just, you know, there's endless to-do lists, of course, when you own your own business. So I think really like thoughtfully prioritizing ahead of time what you're going to work on has definitely made me more efficient. That's That could count as a ritual. <laughs> definitely. hundred percent. That is a ritual and a very important one. And on the sleep note, I will say like, I just recently got like, oh, I don't know if you guys have it in the US. You must have a oh, whoop. You know, whoop, like, I don't know. They're basically this um, mm-hmm. bands, like you pay more for the software. And um, the matter I talk about it, I should be paid by them, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> exactly, please hook me up. Um, and it's it just monitors everything, but sleep is the main thing. And I've been looking at my sleep for the last couple of days and I don't sleep much. And I always think, I always think I sleep at least five, six hours. Recently, I've been seeing like four hours and three hours and five hours. I'm like, what is happening? So now I've set a goal like to make sure I wake up and I'm seeing the seven hour plus and it's actually changing. Like today I was in the gym and I lifted the most heaviest I've ever lifted. And it was like, my, t- my coach was like, you see, sleep. And I'm like, okay, sleep is important. That is really fascinating, actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's so boring, but. <laughs> but it's, it's so true. important. And I self-diagnose myself all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm one of those people who can sleep and function with five hours sleep because I have been doing that and I function on it. But actually, sure, I am functioning, but I could function a lot better with a bit more sleep. Right, right. It's important you said that. And so much happens when we're asleep. I don't know those things scientifically, but, you know, obviously I think just like there is kind of a minimum amount that you need to get for your body to be, you know, recalibrating, yeah. turning over all that. So, and, th- and that's why I like whoop because it tells you like how much you should be getting that day based on your, rec- your, your, like mm. your levels and your blood level. So it's like every day it's mm. telling you, you need a different amount and if you've recovered or not. And that's why it's like, I'll listen to that data and I'll just focus on that because it must be a little bit true, better than what I'm doing anyway. So, um, couldn't totally. agree more. Um, so before we go into fire round questions, I, I have a kind of a desert island question I ask all my guests, which is imagine I'm taking you to like a founded beauty island, um, don't imagine it's hot or cold. It could be any temperature. But if you're going to take each one product, and bearing in mind, you can share, so you don't have to use the same one. What 10 over 10 <laughs> product would you guys bring? So Nadine, what's your go-to one? Oh, hands down the sleep mask. And it's funny to say that on the heels of the sleep conversation, but it is this brush on. And it, it, it it's become one of my rituals at night when I get into bed, I brush it onto the backs of my hands and it's just this beautiful sleep mask that absorbs. You don't need gloves for it. Um, and my hands just look like just more radiant in the morning. Obviously our cells are turning over it during the night. The skin is the largest organ of our body. And to me, it's just like a little, it feels good when I'm doing it, but now I'm hooked and I cannot go to sleep without doing it. So that's what I would Amazing. take. Amazing. And it's such a beautiful design with the brush. It's stunning. So yeah, nice. Good suggestion. And, um, well, Adair, I thought you would take the sleep mask, but I guess now uh, that's taken. But <sighs> I know. What would you take? I, I'm glad we can share because you can share. I think that would be my first answer. My island would definitely be hot, by the way. Okay. I, I would not be on a cold <laughs> island. Um, I think I would choose the rose oil, which a lot of people would choose because it is kind of our hero product. But it is such a unique application. It has a roller ball, so uh, you can. It, it's like a roller ball that you sometimes see for fine lines, like a, a fine line product. But but Jacqueline, um, that it was all Jacqueline. Um, has, used it for this this product and you can really kind of target the cuticle area it's also since it's in a tube it's portable so you can you know take it in your handbag on the desert island um and it's just it it smells lovely it's so hydrating it's easy to apply if you didn't do anything to your nails other than use the cuticle oil um, the rose oil, your nails would look a million times better. It just like nourishes your cuticles, um, hydrates your nail beds. It's sort of, it's just a great product. Amazing. Well, I think everyone listening is probably like, 
adding to cart right now because it's such good suggestions and it's yeah it's beautiful <laughs> absolutely stunning and the fact that it's got a little rollerball it's it's super genius so love 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 that so we're going to go to fire round questions now this is the first thing that comes to your mind we'll start with nadine then we'll go to adair so the first question nadine What's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? And we'll, we'll embargo, um, embargo, yeah, we'll embargo Fable and Maine because we all know that's going to be one of you guys' favorite products, but we'll go for another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Wander Beauty. Ah, uh, Divya is amazing. I've actually had her on the podcast. Have you listened to Divya's episode? You should. We did, we did. You well, did? Amazing. I know, yeah. I know, oh, I did, I did. I did, I did. <laughs> amazing. Uh, Adair, what's another beauty brand you're, lo- you're loving? I love Westman Atelier. Has Gucci been on the podcast? Gucci has. So you have to listen to Gucci's episode. Amazing. Uh, I will. And that's what I love is like, um, the more and more I do this, the more and more I'm going to have synergies of people. And then it's like, well, I connect you guys to all the founders because it's such a good way to like meet. So that's coming soon. I'm finding a way to make everyone connected. Um, So I love the fact that you mentioned that. We are kind of obsessed with her, so... She's amazing. And she's in, she's, she's in New York. She's just, um, yeah. I think she's not too far from you guys. So that's amazing. We'll make, we'll make that happen. Um, what's a guilty pleasure of yours, Nadine? Chocolate. <laughs> isn't it everyone, isn't it? Um, do you have like, are you more of a milk or a dark chocolate or a white chocolate? I, I eat a lot of dark chocolate, I would say. And I just like at night, I can't go to sleep without having something sweet. So I always have like a good stash of chocolates. Um, I bribe my youngest to go to the bathroom with chocolate. I use chocolate every day of my life. <laughs> Do you use chocolate in business? <laughs> no. <laughs> to get your way. Not yet. It's a smart I'm way. Sure you should. should. Amazing. Yes, um, what's a guilty pleasure of yours, Adair? Nadine's going to have to cover her ears, although I did admit this to her very recently because she's like very disapproving of this. But on Fridays on the way home from school, we stop at a pizza parlor called Little Italy and we get pizza for my kids for dinner and I get a really big Diet Coke fountain soda. And I think about it all week long. It's it's truly one of the best moments of my week. <laughs> oh, amazing. It, it is so important. Do you have like the Italian pizzas or are you having like uh, the New York style? I'm not pizzas? having the pizza. I'm literally just having the fountain soda because Fair it's enough. so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Um, next question is What are you currently watching or reading, Nadine? So I am at the tail end of To Paradise by Anya, Hanya Yanagihara who is an incredible author. Um, She is based here in New York um, and she's written two other novels and I am an avid reader. And actually one of my hacks is that I have an app called Goodreads. If you're a reader, you have to get it because it gives you like your bookshelf of like things you're currently reading, things you want to read and things you've read. And I'm very much of a goals person. So I set a goal of reading 30 books a year. And so I know if like I'm on track to read as many books. So that's what I'm reading. Um, Watching. I'm like, I am not such a big TV watcher because, or movie watcher because I fall asleep within seconds. Um, But I just started licorice pizza because I know it was Mm. like up for an Oscar. So I was curious and I really want to watch Belfast um, next. Um, Adair, what are you currently watching or reading? We are watching um, Gilded Age, the Julian Fellows series. It's definitely not as good as Downton Abbey as I'm sure yeah, you've heard of course. <laughs> but we still find ourselves excited every monday night when it's on um and obviously it's it's like more interesting because we we live in new york and then i'm reading because of that i'm reading anderson cooper's book on the vanderbilt mm. um so there's a lo- just a lot of gilded age that history that we're kind of learning about at home um there's so much early Manhattan history that's really interesting too. 
So good. You know what? The really good shout was Nadine Goodreads because I'm always asking my guests this question and I'm like, oh, I need to read that book. So I'm going to, every time I'm going to listen back to all my podcasts yeah. and put the books of people's recommendation and make a good to-do list, uh, I guess, to, do, to read list. So that's a good shout. So thanks for that. Yeah. And it's so helpful because then you go into the bookstore. Yeah. And you can scan it, right? Yeah. And then you go into the bookstore and you have it and you're like, oh, wait, I've got it all here. This is what I want. Yeah. Um, it's really it's helped me so much because when you need it it's you they should have they probably have the equivalent for what to watch right probably because when you sit down you're like hmm, what movie do i want to watch or what but i don't know what that is but for literature goodreads rotten tomatoes i think <laughs> rotten tomatoes yeah probably yeah. exactly yeah um i guess netflix is really good itself because it just has like recommended for you and you're like okay i'll try that like now it's right. all like baking shows and like yes. cupcake wars and stuff i'm like okay i guess they know that like that um <laughs> they know your algorithm they know my algorithm too well it's pretty <laughs> embarrassing um nadine next question favorite social media platform right now i love flip beauty what they're doing for the beauty industry i think is incredible um it's basically tiktok for beauty and it's real-time user reviews of products and i think it is so innovative in a space where shopping for beauty has become kind of stagnant um yeah and they're doing something really unique so you go in you can search a brand you can just watch videos at random and learn about new products from real consumers good good. i mean you're the first ever guest to say that and i think that's really cool because i think it will become bigger and bigger so Good, good, good one. Agree. Um, I think mine's probably just Instagram, although I'm really actually working on restricting my social media use. And we were on spring break the last couple of weeks. And so uh, I was on a family trip and just using my phone less. And again, it's kind of cliche, but it was so mind clearing not to be on my phone as much. And I felt like my creative juices were flowing more um, actually kind of not having all of that input all day long. So definitely Instagram, but I think I'm trying to be more thoughtful about my use and kind of limited and, and know going in what I'm trying to get out very, of it. Very true and very important. Next question is, do you have like a mantra or a quote that you, you go by Nadine? Yes. Mine really goes back again to the very first question you asked. Um, and, for me, it's staying present in the moment. And uh, Adair? This one applies a little more to work, but only do what only you can do. And I think that's mm. um, been helpful work-wise because, again, it can be so tempting to kind of not delegate and just say like, oh, I'll just do that. It'll be easier. But um, really trying to put the systems in place to make sure you're not doing things that, that you probably shouldn't be doing and I'm slowly learning that lesson it's only taken 11 years and I'm still still at it and, and it's okay to accept sometimes you know it, it, we don't do it and we are the, we are falling at our own I guess you could say actions but it's okay to remember when you get yourself back up try not to fall again by remembering those mistakes of maybe it's okay to delegate it or have help or uh, something totally. else so it's important to do exactly what you said very good advice and stay present love them both um, and my last question is if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur what would you be doing right now Nadine I think I would be working in home someplace so like an architect or designer of some sort I love curating spaces and really putting a personal touch on spaces and granted I've never done it for anybody else except for myself so maybe the joy comes from creating it for myself and the salons and the salons Um, but I really, I get so much joy out of creating a space that other people can enjoy. Um, and you know, my husband is in the hospitality industry, so we really think about that a lot in our lives. Um, we're in the midst of building a home right now. We're very fortunate to be designing it and building it and really don't have anyone helping us except for someone who knows how to use CAD and and listen to our ideas and put them down in CAD. Um, and it's such a, a, a process that I get so much out of and I, I really enjoy. So I think I would be working somewhere in, as, in an architecture capacity or, you know, home design space. Amazing. And, and Adair, what would you be doing? 
I think I would probably own a business. I don't know what that would be because I'm always just so focused on thinking about our own. But I think I just, I do love entrepreneurship. I love customer service. Um, I love being around people. So I think it would probably be, you know, another customer service facing business customer facing business and you know i have to say to say i love customer service after having your own brand for 10 because it's not easy having you know customer service can be really scary that's like i need some of that juju i'm like that's amazing to be like i love customer service like, oh, that's the thing that scares me sometimes <laughs> i love that's obviously customers are amazing fun. but there are there are some customers where you're like no you know I'm, there's no way around it there's just stress but it's okay it's part of the journey it's part of making sure that you always think about everyone um, and learn from everyone's um, commentary and feedback and it's important to grow so it is true it is one of the best things if you put customers always first but um, on this note I will say it's been an absolute just pleasure speaking to you guys I feel like um, I honestly I, my mouth is hurting from just smiling a lot so it's just been one of the most enjoyable podcasts so thank you for making it so fun and um, would love you know for everyone to uh, be able to follow you guys what is the best handles website if you can share just at 10 over 10 and 10 over 10.com amazing um, and I'll put all the links in the bio so everyone can just go ahead and click and I'm sure we'll meet very soon I'm always on your side of the pond uh, pretty much every few uh, I would say every few months every few weeks now so I will catch up next time I'm in town we'll go to Little Italy and we will play some tennis <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> we love we love Sounds to see you in person amazing thanks so much and we'll speak soon thank you I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAS10. That's S-O-L D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off.